Pratt may be a small town in south-central Kansas, but it's home in a rich town filled with amazing people. Join fourth generation and lifelong Pratt resident Cody Eastis as he provides our community with a podcast that is solely dedicated to our news, our events, and our residents. This is a town called Pratt. All right, welcome to another week of the Coaches Show. Uh, this week, a little different. Don't have Coach Holting on, but joined by head coach of the Medicine Lodge football team, Jake Biostat. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay, Jake, uh, glad you came down and sitting in with us and excited to hear about all the success that Medicine Lodge is having this year. Sounds like you guys are doing pretty well. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, back it up a little bit um, since this is your first time in. Anybody listening or watching? Um, new coach down there at Medicine in the last couple of years. So if you wouldn't mind, let's get to know you a little bit, kind of your backstory, where'd you come from, uh, how long you've been there. Um, so let's start it off there. Where, where'd you go to high school at here? Kansas kid or? Yep. So I, I graduated in 2010 from Hayesville campus, 6A. Okay. And uh, I went and played football at Garden City Community College in 11 and 12. And then I went and was a student only at K-State. I actually dropped out for a year. Went back to K State and uh, graduated finally in 2017. So, kind of a kind of a uh, um, long journey, um, but it, we got it done eventually. And uh, came down here in 17, and um, I was an assistant for Josh Barr for three years, and then two years ago, well, year and a half now, I took over the program here. So, okay, now how does somebody from you know Garden City to Manhattan to you know Hayesville starting off? How do you yeah. end up in Medicine Lodge? My wife is from Medicine. Okay, so she graduated there in 2011. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so on staff then for the first couple years, and then taking over the play calling and the head coaching duties last year. Uh, what kind of season did you guys have last year? So last year was tough. We went two and five. Um, we really got. We had so many COVID issues. It was it was kind of crazy. I mean, we had uh, we had a game against actually Pretty Prairie, ironically, because we played them last Friday two days ago. Um, we we had a game versus them, and all of our line was out with COVID. So we ended up starting our freshman backup quarterback at right guard. Wow! And we lost fifty six to twenty, I believe, was the score of that game. I mean, we just had that's kind of the story of the year last year. We were we were right there in so many games. Um, we never got 45. It was just pretty much if there's a talent differential between you and the other team, it's a 45 almost every time. Yeah, you and, see that a lot in the scores. Check, and that's usually yeah. speed and talent in yep. eight man Speed's, seems like to be the the key factor. Yep, speed definitely makes a, a big difference. So, um, but yeah, we uh, we were right there, and we just kept we kept getting hit with COVID. We only had one guy, I believe, that started um, that was a two way starter that was in every game. Wow, that's that's tough to deal with. And so yeah, it was it was crazy. And so this uh, this summer we hit the weights, and and I'm I'm big. I'm promoting powerlifting. I've been the powerlifting coach down there for uh, four years. Um, I have been uh, I've been on them about summer weights. I've been at summer weights every single day for five years. Um, even when I wasn't part of the like paid program, I was I was there to make sure those guys knew. Like we have to, this is how we are going to win. You know that that's interesting. In the shows I've done with Coach Holting. It almost seems like that's one of his focuses also. And it yeah. seems like in football programs that almost the culture of the football team starts in the weight room or, or that's sure. where it's built and yeah. sustained. And where did you have a, a program that you were in at some point, either playing ball in high school or college, that you modeled kind of that culture af after? Or, you know, where did where, you get your sense of, of culture and work ethic in the weight room from? 
So I played my senior year, I played for Mike Schartz, who's now the head coach at Cimarron. And he's a heck of a coach. One of the best one of the best coaches in the state. Um, he also is one of the best powerlifting coaches in the state. And so he really I was a little bit late. He was late to my game, I guess. I mean, I was a senior then, um, but he really started to transform our program. We didn't do too well that year, but he's he really started to uh, uh, make some headway. And, and powerlifting wise, we were we were lighting it up. I mean, we had guys that were doing big time weight. Um, obviously, at a six A school, being strong isn't isn't it? I mean, that you have to have a couple of D one recruits basically to be competitive. Um, we we lacked that at the time, but um, now he's he's doing the same thing there at Cimarron and having huge success. And uh, I really. And he's he's kind of my my mentor. I mean, he's a guy that I I uh, base everything that I do off of what he did, what we did, what he's doing now. Um, so yeah, he's a except offensively, we're totally different on that. But in terms of programming and and building the program, I think uh, Coach Charts is a big impact on what I do. And I would say uh, my biggest thing that I've kind of picked up from him um, is. You can you can squat and you can bench and that's that's cool and I've actually heard uh, Coach Holton talk about this, um, but you have to do all the accessory lifts. You got to hit every muscle group, um, and clean is really the the one that represents an athlete. I've always yeah I've always thought that too. You can yeah like you said you can bench squat clean, but the clean you know and almost yeah. vertical and clean yeah. seem to be kind of the two key factors when you're like how athletic is a kid? Yeah. Like well let me look at his vertical and his hand clean. Yep. 180-pound kid that cleans 300 pounds is usually the best athlete on the field. Yeah, so. yeah. So what, what type of offense do you guys run up there at Medicine, down there at Medicine? Yeah, uh, we, we're spread. So um, a lot of things uh, um, a lot of things that I, I picked up from Coach Ibarra, and I, I was under him for three years. And honestly, us being 6-0, I mean, he's probably a guy that doesn't get enough credit um, for where we're at because I coached under him for three years. He left, and uh, – um, he went to Augusta, and now he's a, a coach for Friends University. I mean, that says everything about what type of coach he is. He's a great coach. Um, and I picked up a lot of things from him. And uh, I've, I've kind of gone in a different direction. We're, we're a spread team, but we like to run the ball. So a lot of teams spread it out so they can throw a bubble, they can throw slip, they can throw these uh, quick hitters. Uh, but for us, I, I've really been focused on being balanced now, which wasn't necessarily how we used to be. And I've called plays for four years, um, and it's kind of evolved into a very balanced offense. I mean, like right now we're a thousand yards passing, a thousand yards rushing, and so we're one of the top offenses once again. We've been a top offense for basically all five years that I've been there, um, whether he was calling plays or I was calling plays. Um, and now we're finally putting together. We've always been to get, able to get the chunk, but we couldn't get three yards when he needed it. Yeah. Now we can get those three yards, and that's really been the difference for us being six and zero this year. What what's what was the difference in you know, now your second year of head coach, three years you know on the staff as a O coordinator before that? What was the biggest difference making that leap to head coach from offensive coordinator that you thought, oh, now I'm I'm in control of everything now? Or yeah. uh, you know what was the what was the toughest transition or the biggest difference that you noticed? I would say just I mean I was already scouting um, maybe maybe let's say ten to fifteen hours extra from practice and everything like that. So between teaching and coaching, you already got 60 hours a week. Then you add 10 to 15 if you're a coordinator. Then you add 10 to 15 if you're a head coach. So the biggest thing for me is I, I have, I have uh, Bruin, he's three years old, Valerie's one, and I've got one on the way. And so my wife has carried the load. I, 
That's, I've got five kids, so yeah, yeah I, it's, it's a lot to handle. Yeah, so <laughs> props you know, to all the wives out there. Yep, for sure. And uh, 80, 90 hours a week, it it wears on it wears on me. But I mean, I I tell her every day. I'm like, I literally could not do this without you. I mean, it's a it's not good for her. It's yeah, a lot of time. Well, I've I've heard before that a coach's wife, you know, yeah. during especially during season, is it's almost like you know I'll see you in November. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, so. Getting into this season now, six and zero, first time since two thousand six. Yep. Uh, past all the COVID issues from last year, so going into this season over the summer, the weight room. What were the expectations? You know, finally getting to play a, a normal season. You know, if if you would, without having to. There were still some COVID issues around the state, and you guys might have dealt with some this year. I'm not sure, but um, having, having being able to look at a season, saying okay, that kind of COVID year is behind us. What were the expectations over the summer and, and going into the season this year? Were they six and zero? Did you think you had the capability to do that? I think, yeah. I mean, we we definitely have the mindset that uh, we. I mean, even it doesn't it doesn't matter what's happened. Actually, the last time that we played at Attica at home, even um, we we beat them thirty six sixteen, and so it doesn't really matter. I feel I truly feel like the guys go into every game expecting to win, um, and I do think there were expectations of being here, but I don't know if it, we never really talked about being eight and zero or. 6-0 or whatever. We just focused on the moment. And, um, I mean, we had a lot of turmoil. We actually lost seven players from last year's team. Um, there's three guys that could be playing for us that aren't on the team currently. Um, one because of a medical issue, one transferred to Chaparral, one transferred to Mays South. And all three, all three of those guys would be all league or all district this year. Well, that's a lot of talent lost. Yes. Um, so there, were, there was a lot of turmoil over the summer. Um, and we just we battled through it, and I mean, like I like I was telling you before, Chance Winter is our our quarterback. He he played uh, two years of O line for us, um, and then came over and played tight end. We had a um, mono case, <coughs> and uh, he stepped in at Q for a couple games last year. We kind of got a we didn't we weren't planning on that, and and he uh, um, he really showed the type of leadership um, that we coming into this year. We were like, man. We have to capitalize on that, and really, with all the turmoil over the over the summer, he was re- he was the thing that galvanized our team. That's not a transition you see very often from yeah. O line to tight end to, to quarterback. <laughs> not too often. So yeah, the expectations were definitely there, but we were really taking it day by day because there was a lot going on. Yeah, we had kids transferring out every every week. It seemed over the summer, and so there was just question marks all over. And so once we once we got to that first game and we won, we had a we had a great unit. We had guys that we knew were going to stay. We felt really good about moving forward. Now, I think the uh, good. The, I think the first mention that I kind of caught of the success of Medicine Lodge was that Skyline game, which was all over Twitter. The finish of that game looked like a, a heck of a tie ball game going into the last play of the fourth quarter. Then a huge play by one of your defensive backs to break up yep, what looked like Darren a Weedle. yeah. Uh, and then so I kind of got to following Medicine Lodge a little bit after that. Yeah. Thinking, man, that sounded like a big game yeah um and then so homecoming week last week talked a little bit with holting about kind of all the homecoming weeks a busy week for yeah, everybody for sure. the kids the staff the you know uh how how do you keep your kids focused during homecoming week and just say hey guys just don't forget there's a football game at the end of this week we had a lot of fun um and i think that's been the biggest difference for me from year one to year two is i've really loosened up um which sounds crazy and it's like opposite coach charts would kill me for um, for loosening up on them, but um, you know the the 
fun factor has really been a big thing for us. And so um, we allowed them to enjoy each moment. And uh, I never really had to get on to them. We, we reminded them at the end of each practice, um, hey, you know, this is a fun week, but remember, it's all about Friday night. So we did remind them, but I think uh, overall, we just have, we have 23 guys out, and those 23 are focused on, on winning. And uh, I don't have to do a whole lot to make them focus on it. Um, they just have the right mindset. You know what I mean? We're, we're there now. Yeah. Yeah. Game by game, you start winning, you know, and like yep. I said, after, you know, kind of getting over that turmoil from the summer, you know, it's kind of, hey, this is our group. You know, you guys are here. Let's focus. Yeah. Uh, week to week. Now, next week or this coming week, big game against uh, Attica. They're five and one. You guys yep. are six and zero. Oh. Uh, what's the mindset going into into this week? There's a lot of uh, a lot of rivalry there. I mean, Attica is only twenty miles from Medicine. Uh, we split kids, so Sharon Sharon is located ten miles right in between each. Um, ten miles from Medicine. Ten miles from Attica. There's some kids that go to Attica, some kids that go he- here to Medicine. Um, so there's a big, big rivalry there. And uh, I think our kids will be more ready to play than they have been all year. Oh, that's mean, good. Yeah, I think I think they're very focused on uh, on playing Attica, and they probably have been too focused on that for about three weeks. Is that game, <laughs> is that going to be a home game for you guys? Is that yeah. at Medicine or is it at Attica? It's at Medicine. Home game. Yep. Well, that's that's always a bonus to get that's a big great, game yeah. like that on, on your home field. Yep. We just got to keep them focused on uh, on their actual assignment, not their not their uh, guy they know across from them or anything like that. You know, focused on what we're supposed to do, rather than getting uh, getting heated, getting the heat of the moment and make a make a dumb play or, um, you know, just try to beat guys just to beat them. Um, if we if we work within our offense and defense and within the scheme. We, it's a, it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited. Yeah, well, I think everybody is. You yeah. know, a big, yeah, big game, district play. Yep. Um, a lot of, lot of things on the line in a game like that. Now, the success of this season, though, isn't just at the varsity level. We were talking about a little bit beforehand. Um, it seems to run all the way down, all the way to grade school. Talk a little bit about the success of, of the level of each program you guys have going right now. Yeah. So uh, total, we are 19 and four, and actually. Uh, um, the grade school plays today at one and three, I believe. Um, so hopefully that's twenty-one and four um, when we go to bed tonight. So um, third and fourth is undefeated. Uh, middle school is undefeated. JV our high school JV is undefeated, and then the high school is undefeated as well. So it's been uh, it's really a credit to the coaches. I mean, especially uh, um, all the Braves coaches work really hard, and they they uh, um, they're out there every time we in practice. They're practicing with their guys, and I love watching little kids play. It's pretty awesome to watch little league, uh, little league practice, and just watch them have fun with it. Um, but then our middle school coaches, we probably have the best two middle school coaches in the state. Um, one of them is is Judd Dorman, who's arguably the best quarterback that's ever. Oh played, yeah, I know Judd. Ever played at Medicine, and then uh, Nathan Honus, who's his uh, his head coaching record for middle school is something like maybe twenty five and two. Wow, twenty five and three. So yeah, there's a. They have a heck of a uh, coaching staff. And then for us as well, um, Shane Hahn is my defensive coordinator. He puts in as much time as any D.C. in the state. Um, Nick Schmidt is my special teams coordinator. He puts in a lot of time, and he's the he's a um, JV head coach. He does a heck of a job. And then James Manning is my O-line coach. And really, he's helped transform um, our offense into a kind of grounded pound when we, when we need it. We've run for over 250 yards a few times this year, and that's – 
never happened since I've been here. So yeah, not typical eight man style football. Yeah. And also, uh, Manning has also been a uh, he was a physical trainer for SMU and K State. We're really lucky to have him. I mean, he's a he's a big time guy. And uh, so anytime there's an injury, he's down there evaluating it, and he is the best evaluation any assistant coach in the state can give a kid. So I immediately know if if, it's, if the kid's going to be back, if he's hurt and out. I mean, it's it's awesome because we're keeping kids safer because he's on the sideline. So everybody everybody within our program really deserves a shout. Oh, that's out. great. How much of that that little league program, you know, the Braves and the how much of that do you have your hands on? Are they running the same type of offense that they're going to be running when they get in high school? Are you working with those coaches at all to kind of have a little bit of a feeder system? Coming up, you know, when they get into high school, are you, how hands-on are you with, with those coaches and, and what that younger kind of grade of football is doing? I think I'm very hands-off. I present opportunities for them. Um, like, I give them I'll, – I'll give them the playbook. I'll walk them through it. And I've talked to um, several of the coaches about, like, what we do, our calls, what the motions are called. Um, and I, I think they, they run a similar offense, but it's not exactly the same. And that's okay. I mean, that's really what spread's about, too, is uh, being able to get in different looks and utilize mismatches um, that they have. And their their mismatches are different than ours, so I don't want them to run the exact same offense. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it's a it's a good deal. I think, uh, I think the biggest thing that we've tried to do as a high school program and coaching staff to connect third and 12th, third through 12th, sorry, is uh, giving them opportunities. Like uh, the high school will go visit the grade school. Um, on Friday mornings, and so they'll they play just dance. Everybody has fun, um, and that's that's a cool opportunity. We have a we have our little league camps, and the high schoolers basically run it, um, so they get to know all those kids. Um, we have a jersey auction, and half of the half of the little kids are wearing them dur- during those Friday nights and taking pictures with those. That's fun. Yeah, and it's it's just a lot of I try to create as many opportunities as I, as I can to make that um, web can more connected. You know what I mean? And so. We have good coaches. I let them coach. All I try to do is make sure that everybody feels like it's a community. Yeah, speaking on well. community, how, how much of a difference is there and a buzz in the air when you've got a successful, you know, season going 6-0? Yeah. and oh. I know the case here in Pratt it is, you know, <clears> when the football team's winning and when things are going good, there's just a different buzz around the community. You know, football is always always the big talk, you know, in the coffee yeah, shops sure. and the barber shops. And, and when you're 6-0 and oh or, you know, 5-1, and one, uh, it's there's just that different feeling. There's a little more excitement. There's a little more people that show up to watch. There's you know more people wanting to talk to you. Um, so yeah, how fun is that being being six and zero oh and and seeing the community kind of really rally around and get excited about the season? Well, that's very cool. Especially uh, this is our peace <laughs> treaty year, um, and so we had we had the big peace treaty. Everybody's families down, and we were we were I believe we were four and zero oh at that weekend, and uh, um, you know you could just feel the different. Um, difference in the in the buzz and the in the feel of um, being the head coach walking around people were basically stopping me like I was a celebrity almost I mean and that's cool and I think the kids were were experiencing that Um, and that has not been the case really in in my five years there so it's a different it's a different feel and it's very cool oh that's great yeah um Let's see. Anything else you want to touch on, or I, I don't have much else for you unless there's anything what anything we didn't cover. I think it's it. I think we I think we had a pretty good run down there, getting to know you, getting to touch on the success so far this season, and then really just it's, it's exciting to see kind of the culture. Um, and you hear coaches talk about that a lot: culture, culture, culture. And a lot of times it takes that second, third year to really kind of get into that culture, get it established, 
Um, so to see, see you guys six and O down there in medicine, uh, looks like that culture and kind of all that hard work that, that you're putting in is, is definitely paying off and excited to see what you guys do this week against yep. Attica. Um, yeah, I'm wishing, wishing you guys luck and hope to have you on again. And maybe we can recap that Attica game and, yeah. and heading into the playoffs and, yeah. and see where it goes. Be very cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming in today, appreciate Jake. It. it was nice to meet you and, and well. good to hear about the success of medicine. So best of luck to you. And, and, uh, maybe we'll talk in a week or so. All right. Thank All right. You. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of A Town Called Pratt. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with other Prattans you know. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Thank you, and we'll catch you on the next episode.